promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. Calling the crowd along with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose his life? What can anyone give in exchange for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Then he said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This is Mark chapter 8 and 1 verse of chapter 9. uh, 834 through 9, 1. And this is the Gospel text for Sunday. And it's one that if we've been around the church long enough, we've probably heard a, a variation of it because uh, it's in all uh, three of the synoptic Gospels, the Gospel Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Gospels that are kind of uh, joined together with the same narrative. John is sort of by itself, it's kind of an expansion of, of the, uh, the other three and, and adding a, a taste here or there of um, some things that maybe weren't covered by Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But we wonder where the kingdom has to come in in this, right? Our our petition that we're looking at is thy kingdom come, where we're praying that God's kingdom would come among us, that that the kingdom would hit us. And and here we have first Jesus calling the crowd to himself, and he he basically says, if you want to follow after me, this this comes after uh, Peter's confession of the Messiah, by the way. And it, and it comes after him then finding out what a Messiah means and not liking that. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. And then Jesus has to call the whole crowd together and say, if, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to go where I go, then you have to prepare, be prepared to deny yourself, to set yourself aside, to make yourself nothing, to be humiliated, to take up your cross, meaning you don't go and find a cross and you pick it up and you, you carry it. Uh, or, or that, oh, you know, whatever the issue might be, that, you know, you're, you're late to a meeting because you got pulled over for speeding and you say that it's your cross to bear. Well, no, you broke the law. That's not a cross. It's a sin. Um, well, kind of, maybe. Uh, a cross will find you. Suffering will find you. It will come. That's, that's the way life goes, especially for the Christian. The suffering is going to find you. We, we sit here in America and we think that the Christian life is about uh, defeating suffering. That suffering is not supposed to come to us if we, we follow Jesus, if we stay in the way that, that suffering is not going to hit us. No, suffering is going to hit us. The, the way of Christ is suffering. It's cross. It's, it's dying to self. And here he's saying, take up your cross, the cross that's been given to you, the cross that you don't have the choice in the matter, the suffering that's going to come upon you, and you stick to Jesus. 
You cling to him, don't, not allowing that suffering to overtake you. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Okay? So, so anyone who wants to hold on to his little kingdom that he's created, his, his little, little island, his little castle that he's made for himself, that's, that's both you and me, we, we, we uh, are, want our own kingdoms. And so we create them and we create castles and we create fortresses and we put up walls around ourselves uh, figuratively, not like literally, although some of us may be literally too, uh, because we want to defend our little kingdom. We're worried that we're going to be usurped, that we're not going to be in power. And here Jesus is saying, no, you deny yourself. You tear down those walls. You, you lose everything in a sense at saying, if you want to protect your life, to keep it safe, to, to play it safe, to, to not be willing to take a chance on anything, the things that you hold dear in that you will lose. But whoever loses those things because of me and the gospel will save it. Meaning, you're allowed to set those things aside because you find Christ precious. You find the gospel, the most important news you've ever heard, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the dead, life everlasting in Christ. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world yet lose his life? That's true, right? How often it is that we find celebrities are the most unhappy because they've gained everything. They have everything. They can... They can own anything, but they can't have a life, right? Because they're bugged by the paparazzi. They, everything that happens in their life is, is scrutinized, whether it's who they're dating to whether they're having kids or not, who they're having kids with, whether they got married, what movies they're in, uh, what music they're singing, all of those things. You can gain the whole world, but you won't have what it is that you need, which is life in Christ, because Christ is not part of the world. Christ is part of the kingdom of God. Christ is the kingdom of God. And then he says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Being ashamed, being uh, thinking that, that what Christ has to speak to us, the gospel of life, the forgiveness of all our sin, the raising us to new life, the fact that he comes to us and says, no, you must die and be raised again. Die and be born again. If we find that to be whatever, and I like how he uses the word adulterous. That was the picture of the Israelites in the Old Testament going after any God that they could find that they think would give them a leg up. And he says that he'll be ashamed of us. Ashamed because he says all you have to do is trust. Trust that what I'm saying is true. Trust that what I'm saying is something that you need. Trust that everything's going to be okay. That the, your kingdom may fall, but it's okay. Then he finally says in verse 1 of chapter 9, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power. Now it's interesting. A lot of commentators, including in my, my study Bible here, will say that it's talking about the transfiguration because in all of the Gospels, in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, uh, the, um, this phrase happens right before the transfiguration. So it's the idea of uh, as 
they go up the mountain and they see Christ transfigured and they realize who he is. That they're seeing the kingdom of God happening right there because Christ is the kingdom. The kingdom has drawn near in the incarnation of God into the world in that stable in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. And, and he is present now here uh, with us through his word, his sacraments, the good news of the gospel. Christ always present with us in that way. He lives forever, seated at the right hand of, the God, of God the Father. So he's present with us. But I would tend to read this a couple of different ways. One, yes, the transfiguration. Transfiguration is the picture of the kingdom of God, God's power. But then also it deals with the cross. It deals with the kingdom of God coming in that way. And then it also can be the power of the kingdom being that those people who are standing there today will see Christ die, hear of him being risen, even see the risen Savior. And then they see him ascend into heaven. But then the kingdom comes in of itself by the formation of the church, the growth of the church, the, the life that comes through that in Christ, through the Spirit, the power of the kingdom coming in that way, a kingdom that we cannot defeat, that it's going to come to us. It's going to drag us in, kicking and screaming. And the only way we lose that kingdom is if we say, yeah, God, I'm good. I don't need it. I don't need you. I'm okay. I'm good with what I have, what I can do. I'm fine with my kingdom. And God says, okay, you try that out. Right? That's the glory of the kingdom that comes to us. He's already come in Christ and continues to come as we hear this word of die to yourself, pick up your cross, follow him, cling to him, allow nothing to get in the way. Let us pray. O oh God, everlasting Father, whose kingdom comes of itself, we pray that it may come also unto us. To this end, give us your Holy Spirit, so that by his grace we may believe your holy word and live godly lives here on earth and in heaven forever. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you on Sunday.